0: This is a Suno India production, and you're listening to the Suno India show. It started with the Prime Minister's speech. He was inaugurating Bundelkhand Expressway in Jalaun district of Uttar Pradesh. Mukti Bhatkar, vote ka ki for those who do not understand what Ravdi means, it's just a sweet made with jaggery and sesame. Like a chikki if you please. Opposition parties of course did not keep quiet after this speech. The first to react was
1: Delhi Prime Minister Arvind Kejriwal. Then
0: Tamil Nadu Finance Minister P. Yagarajan, became an internet sensation for a bit.
2: Either you must have a constitutional basis to say what you say, in which case we all listen. Or you must have some special expertise. You must be a double PhD in economics. You must have some Nobel Prize. You must have something that tells us that you know better than us. Or you must have a performance track record that shows that you have grown the economy wonderfully, that you have brought down the debt, that you have increased the per capita income, that you have created jobs. Then we say, oh, we listen. When neither of these is true, why should we listen to somebody's view? What makes that the gold standard? What makes that the word of God?
0: The Supreme Court is now hearing a petition filed by Ashwini Upadhyay from the BJP seeking a ban on promises on what they call freebies by political parties in the run up to elections. The Supreme Court has recently referred the case to a three judge bench. This is not the first such petition. In 2013, Subramaniam Balaji from Tamil Nadu moved the court saying that tamil nadu parties were promising schemes ranging from free distribution of color tv to mixer grinders and that amounted to electoral bribe the supreme court however held that these promises did not amount to corrupt practices under the representation of peoples act hi i am menaka rao the host of this episode of the suno india show My colleague Suryatapa Mukherjee interviewed Deepa Sinha, who teaches economics at Ambedkar University, Delhi. Deepa is actively involved in the Right to Food campaign and has worked with the Center for Equity Studies and Public Health Research Network. She regularly writes on issues related to social justice. Over to Suryatapa.
2: There is an ongoing debate about freebies in the country, as you know. Uh, can you tell us how do we differentiate between freebies and welfare measures? So, firstly, in that context,
1: what I would like to say is that the use of the word freebies itself is problematic for anything that the state does, uh, because freebies is a derogatory term, as if some uh, something that should not be given, or as it's a charity that's being done. Whereas, firstly, we have to realize that anything that the state gives, it is. Uh, from the tax money that public pay it is what uh, belongs to the public. So I have a problem with the use of the word freebies itself. Now when we talk about even then uh, there are different kinds of welfare measures that a government can do and some of them might be um, more productive than the others or have greater returns than others and uh, there are certain things which are clearly accepted as things that any democratically elected uh, government should do like the provision of health care or Uh, education and even uh, intervene in provision of public infrastructure, utilities and so on. But there is no one hard and fast rule on this is welfare and this is freebie. That really depends on the context. Uh, It depends on the politics uh, of the time, the economic situation of the time.
2: Right. So um, is there any, do you personally draw the line somewhere or do you think that you know, that they are all welfare measures and they should be looked at as that.
1: So once again, I think we really have to get into it on a case by case basis. So it's really difficult to say that for me, a laptop is bad, but uh, giving rice is good. In in a certain context, say at the time of the COVID pandemic, when children are having to do uh, or students are having to do school from home, uh, and the state government decides to give laptops, that would also be welfare, right? Because that is something that is giving uh, people access to a basic uh, right uh, entitlement such as education. So, again, I could only answer that question on a case-by-case basis at a given point of time. Do I think this is uh, something of value or not? And that would still be my opinion. Um, so if somebody else could have a different opinion.
2: Um. In a report, the RBI lists the growing preference for distribution of quote-unquote freebies as a potential uh, source of fiscal risk. Do you think state finances have been badly impacted by these policies?
1: So if we look at what are the kinds of uh, uh, subsidies or welfare uh, expenditures that uh, governments make, Uh, and what their cost is, uh, then you'll have to again look at each of these. So if you look at it overall at the government of India level, uh, a big part of the expenditures that they do is goes on something like say the PDS or fertilizer subsidy. These are things which in the current context are uh, in my opinion again needed. And I think the other issue also is that when we are talking about the state of uh, finances, We always talk only about the expenditures. We don't talk about where is the revenue coming from. There are certain expenditures that are needed and that government has to do. And if we are not getting enough revenue to do that, then what are the ways in which revenue can be increased should also be part of this discussion, which it is currently not. And therefore, who are we taxing? At what rate are we taxing? Is the taxation progressive enough? These would be equally relevant questions. So if we have uh some kind of a concern over uh, the fiscal situation. Uh, some amount of defini- deficits are absolutely okay. Governments can have deficits. But if uh, one thinks that that's going beyond a certain limit, then one should not only look at the expenditure, but also look at where is the uh, revenue coming from.
2: Um, earlier this month, the Supreme Court started hearing a public interest litigation opposing the pa- practice of political parties offering freebies to win votes during elections uh, during a hearing in 2013 uh, the Supreme court said that budgets for these freebies are going above quote are gro- going above regular budgets end quote and that it disturbs a level playing field and influences voters uh, what are your thoughts on this uh,
1: so once again um, I'm sort of repeating myself but What do we say that they are going about a certain level, then what is that level that determines that this is okay and this is not? That itself is a politically determined process. So I think that governments doing something which they think uh, will get them votes in the future is on its own not a bad thing. That is what you would expect governments to do in a democratically elected system that they will do things which will bring them back to power. And when they don't do things which will bring them back to power, they are voted out and somebody else comes in. And that is what uh, electoral democracy is uh, all about. So in that context, again, currently, it's not as if we have such that kind of a fiscal uh, situation where there is a very high level of irresponsibility. I would, in fact, say again, uh, the government is, in fact, spending both uh, central government and most state governments are spending less than they should be spending on welfare measures. And that is what the the debate and discussion has to be on what are the minimum guarantees that any state should provide. Is our current government doing that enough? If it is not, what can we do to make it happen? That, in fact, is the more relevant question.
2: Right. So coming to that, you know, like how do you balance the state's need for revenue generation with providing subsidies and welfare?
1: So, again, it's an established principle, most countries, many countries in the world do this, that the whole idea of progressive taxation, uh, there is an element of redistribution in this, right, that you tax the rich and then you use that uh, revenue to do these kind of welfare measures, which benefits the large majority of the population, which is not only an individual uh, benefit to the person getting the welfare, but it also increases the level of human development, it contributes to growth, uh, productivity and so on. so it is good for uh, everybody. So it, one again needs to look at uh, this whole issue of uh, providing welfare in that uh, that sort of framework. and if we look at India and compare it globally, both in terms of tax GDP ratio or in terms of the marginal tax rates uh, on corporate taxation or on the rich, We are on the lower side. It's not as if we have extremely high tax rates. There are many kinds of taxes uh, like the wealth tax and the inheritance tax that we don't have. Uh, The amount of tax that the richest in India pay is quite low compared to globally. So there is a lot of space there to uh, generate more revenues. And on the other side, in terms of welfare, welfare spending as well, if you look at the spending on the social sector in India as a proportion of the GDP, we are again on the lower side even comparing to countries at similar levels of uh gdp uh, per capita and so on therefore i think uh, i mean it is again well known that there is enough space both on the revenue side and the spending side that we can do there is we are not in some sort of a crisis that we are uh, already over uh, taxing our population and still not able to spend
2: Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like there is also this rich versus poor debate, like as uh, the point that you brought up and the government provides subsidized water, electricity and even offers tax breaks to industrialists. So uh, do you have any, uh, you know, any opinion on why do we not have this aspect of the conversation more in the mainstream?
1: Uh absolutely right and like i've been saying i think we need to have more conversation on this why we don't have it is clearly to do with the political economy of the situation that the current uh, the current situation where the rich are taxed less are the more powerful they are the ones who control the media that is i mean the ones who have greater voice and that we hear are the ones who will uh, sort of lose out if if uh, we are taxed more right and so the dominant kind of view that It is okay to give corporate tax breaks, uh, to continuously keep doing that and sort of uh, say that that is all right because it creates employment or it does some sort of benefit. Whereas um, providing welfare is something that is a drain on the economy. I think that thinking itself is wrong and it is clearly there are interest groups for whom it is convenient to keep pushing this argument. But we really have to question how much these corporate tax breaks, for instance, have really contributed to creation of employment. On the other hand, we also really need to study on how the expansion of education or the expansion of or the reduction in inequality can, in fact, contribute to growth. I think these sort of things need to come much more. Why it is not coming also is to do with the levels of inequality already there, uh, where uh, those who are marginalized, those who are the losers, uh, their voices are not heard.
2: Right. So, you know, like, uh, given whatever you have uh, said right now, that we generally, we do not have, I mean, anyway, we generally do not have like a welfare culture, uh, like that there exists in some European countries where you have more of like social backups for people, social um welfare happening for people. And yet, like, if you, uh, you know, right now, if you turn on TV, or like, if you listen to this debate, it seems like we have so much, right? Like so much uh freebies are being given and even like things like electricity and water um are being considered within that. So and and, and at the same time it's sort of been been seen as sort of like um like bribes for votes. Um so how like this whole conversation, like why do you think people in general have this mindset that oh there there is a freebie culture and that it's not uh good for us.
1: So I would link that to the levels of inequality in our society and that this is really an elite kind of view that the idea that the poor are not productive, that for whom these sort of subsidies are being given uh, are not really contributing to society and therefore it is freebie and it is a waste comes out of this elitism, which comes out of the kind of inequality that we have. Whereas if you actually go into looking at who contributes to the economy, Uh, And, who, uh, you know, even this fact that people arguing that, oh, we pay taxes and then it is used uh, on these kind of wasteful expenditures have to realize that everybody pays taxes. The ratio in India is such that indirect taxes are a higher proportion. And so as a proportion of income, we don't have a very progressive taxation system currently because our indirect taxes are high. Uh, Even post-GST, you have everything coming under the tax net. So I think it comes back to that point of inequality that I'm trying to make, that it's a very elite uh, is argument where people who are, and in fact, those who are making these arguments are getting a lot of benefits from the state. I mean, many of us have had the benefit of, say, subsidized uh, uh, LPG for such a long time, uh, the benefits of uh, public utilities, say, let's water connection, electricity connection, it all came to the rich before it came to the poor, right? But not that seems to be somewhere justified in people's minds, because they think that they contribute more to the economy than the poor do. And that itself is a wrong understanding.
2: So right now, I mean, we have this debate in terms of that it's development versus such uh, schemes, right? That uh, there is so much money going into these sort of uh, schemes or these sort of policies that there isn't um, much left over for like true true development. Um, So... When you sort of, you know, look at this debate, like how, how do you sort of like, how would you like reconcile the two?
1: But what is true development and who decides? How is it defined? Is development only an increase? And this is an old uh, debate in economics also that, and it has been well established that only economic growth uh, without looking at the distributional aspects, without looking at the aspects of human development is not development. For me, development is where there is, where we are moving to greater equity, where you are ensuring universal access to basic entitlements of food, nutrition, social security, health, education. So if you look at development as that, that is your end goal, then what is the way best way to reach it? Sometimes the best way to reach it is not to have growth at any cost, but to actually talk about equity, to talk about these welfare schemes, these contribute to development. And in fact, also contribute to growth. If you have a more healthy population, you have a more educated population, then you have a more productive population, which ensures greater future growth. And there is a lot of evidence to show that also that as nutrition improves, as malnutrition reduces, for example, in but it's not immediate. That in in future you see higher rates of growth in GDP. And therefore, I think this is it, there is no contradiction for me. This is development.
2: Right. Um. But would you say that there there are uh, like tiers to this that there are tiers to uh development in this sense? Like for example, the uh, prime minister on uh, you know January first announced six thousand rupees to farmers as a fresh instalment under the PM Kisan Samman Nidhi program. Um. So you know sometimes these sort of direct cash transfers, even the West Bengal government has certain like um you know money that it basically gives. To girls for completing a certain level of education or like for girls and women who for women who are uh, getting married uh, or give bicycles uh, to students going to schools. So, like, how, do you see sort of like levels uh, to these measures and that some levels uh, should be like aspired to more than others?
1: So, yeah, firstly, to answer your question, yes, in certain things, I think it is better Uh, for the government to provide uh, the infrastructure and services rather than do cash transfers. For example, in agriculture, I think there is a huge requirement to improve, say, irrigation facilities, uh, to spend more on research and development in agriculture, to spend more on extension services, uh, rather than giving a cash transfer to farmers, which is does not even amount to very much in terms of the amount of money. In the other example that you gave, uh, bicycles for girls students, I think actually could be a very good scheme because it has been proven that uh, it does encourage uh, girls to go to school, that accessing schools which are far away from the village is a difficult issue. So once again, you have to look at each of these. but overall broadly, the principle should be uh, like I said, firstly, that the you what are the main things that you would uh, must uh, ensure as universal benefits, education, health, nutrition, social security. And for each of these, the tool through which the government actually ensures this might be different. So if it's education, health, what we probably need is better schools and better hospitals and better health services. But in the case of social security, in the case of old age pensions, in the case of maternity benefits, what we need is a cash transfer. So it could be different things for different groups. And at any time, one if one was to see what should be prioritized, uh, like I said, for me, in the case of health, uh, if what needs to be prioritized is expanding government health services, focusing on primary health care rather than doing a health insurance. At the same time, I, before, uh, I would also like to say, but that this process of what gets prioritized and which scheme is implemented is something that gets determined through this process of, uh, it's a political process, right? And uh, sometimes it goes the wrong way, at least in what I think, but you can't have a hard and fast rule that you should always do X and not Y. That is something that comes out of the political process.
2: Right. Um, So, again, looking at, you know, another case uh, in terms of, like, the AAP uh, government in Delhi, and it's also been AAP's promise in, like, uh, other states, that uh, basically, like, you know, electricity and water subsidies, and now, you know, obviously, like, electricity and water supply, would be like a basic right, like you would want every Indian to have access uh, to these facilities. But then in, you know, for people who do not agree uh, with uh policies, they say that this is something that's very much, um, you know, just kind of like vote bank politics, that this is not something that's really needed uh, to be uh, given to people. Uh, so what, you know, just looking at this on its own and in its context, what uh, do you think of this?
1: so in the context of delhi delhi is a fully urban uh, city state here electricity and water are very big issues as far as access to basic uh, uh, services goes for the poor um, i mean you have slums in delhi where still people wait for a tanker to come and they have to fill water and so actually per unit uh, water drinking water sometimes the poor are spending much more than the rich are So in such a context, I think it's perfectly okay to have this policy where you um, provide water and electricity with the way they're doing it, that beyond certain amount, uh, then it is not free anymore, so which takes care of uh, this not being regressive and that the uh, rich don't benefit more than the poor. And a state like Delhi, which is not a deficit state, it has huge sources of surplus, so what is wrong with them uh, trying to use it in, uh, this way and it, anyway the AAP government is not the only one which has ever promised free electricity. You've had other uh, parties, all parties in fact at different times doing it. But in the context of Delhi, I really think that it's fine. It's, it is a progressive policy.
2: Okay, so these are all of my questions. Anything that you want to add before we end? i just
1: want to again say that first uh, i mean the this whole debate around the freebies takes us back to a very central like a very core question of what is the role of the state in a democracy uh, in a context economic situation like india is in and if we think that the state has any role in welfare which is how the constitution envisions the state in india then even the use of the term freebies in my uh, is something that we should not be doing It is the question of a democratic state making, uh, doing its responsibility as laid out in the constitution. Sometimes it could be excess in one side or the other, but the way to deal with it, the corrective measure also has to be through the uh, political process and how do we strengthen that process. So issues like decentralization, giving more decision power to governments at lower levels so that there is a continuous dialogue between the citizens and the state. These are the kind of things that we should be talking about rather than dismissing uh, everything that the state, the very few things, in fact, that the state does for the welfare of the people as freebies or as something that is wasteful.
2: Okay, um, thank you so much.
0: Please rate our podcast and leave a comment if you like it. Underreported and Mm underrepresented stories can become mainstream only if it reaches more people. So please support us by visiting our contributing page on our website sunoindia.in or follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram.